We're about to get all up in your business today. And I can't even lie, I am excited about this particular episode. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I avoided any conversations about money and I definitely did not want to talk about taxes. So before you skip on by this episode, I promise you that this is going to be the least painful money conversation you've ever had. You're going to feel so empowered by my guest today, who is my personal tax accountant and all around amazing gal, Sunny Weiderman. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hello friends, you're in for a treat today, seriously. I know that talking about money is not always an easy subject for people, especially us women. And I think one of the reasons it's been so hard and why we've avoided it for so long is because we've no freaking clue what to do with it. And it's easier to defer or bury our heads in the sand. And if I'm honest, I've been that girl, but I am not anymore. I've been on a journey to transform my relationship with money, and that is why I keep bringing you these amazing boss babes who know exactly what they're talking about. It may just be one small step that you take today, but knowledge is power. And as women, we need to be educated and aware of what we can and should be doing. Can I get an amen? I met my guest, Sunny Weiderman, at a workshop several years ago, and she has been my personal tax accountant ever since. I adore this woman. Now, she is not your typical tax accountant, and you are going to see that right off the bat. We're going to be talking about a few key things, like how to keep good money records, the difference between men and women and money, and how to hire and fire, if necessary, any professional that does not empower you. Sunny, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. On this brand new season of The Courage Cast, we have just reached 100 episodes just a couple episodes ago, and I have been wanting to have you on the show for quite some time. So thanks for jumping on and being here with me today. Well, congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased to be here. Thanks so much. Now, we've known each other, gosh, probably, I would say, over five years. I met Mm -hmm. you at a workshop that you were doing at Center for Social Innovation, and it was the most interesting and fun workshop I think I've ever been for taxes. (laughs) Yeah, because taxes are always a laugh riot, so it's a high bar to be the most entertaining (laughs) tax person out there. But you really are. (laughs) You really are the most entertaining. And, and you know what is one of those things where you're having someone on the show and you're thinking, okay, we're going to be talking about taxes. We're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking about all the things that people avoid talking about. Right. And I have literally the most interesting person <laughs> on the show today. <laughs> so it's, um, I think that you are probably the most qualified uh, person to talk about our money and how we should uh, direct our money and what we should do with it and all those things. And you just have such a, an incredible way with people. And you've been my personal um, tax accountant for several years. And so I'm just really, really 
grateful to to be able to share your knowledge here on the Courage Cast, and I hope that so many people can get so much benefit from from it. So I'm just going to ask you um, to kind of introduce yourself a little bit, and then kind of tell us um, how you got started and um, who you serve as a tax accountant. Mm. That's a, that's a really interesting, that question took an interesting turn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, obviously my name is Sunny Weiderman and uh, my, my uh, company is called Personal Tax Advisors based here in Toronto. And uh, I, I, nobody starts out thinking I, when I grow up, I'm going to be the most knowledgeable tax person out there, or I'm going to dedicate my life to tax preparation. Nobody, nobody does that. And so um, I didn't end up here on purpose. Uh, What happened was uh, I am actually sort of a serial freelancer. I've always wanted to work for myself. I've pretty much always worked for myself. And I was facing sort of a a break. I'd actually finished my very last, um, my very last job. So as an, as an employee, I had a part-time job and that was ending. And now I was just going to, I decided that that was the last one. And now I was going to try to build something freelance, but this gives you sort of a, a period of silence when you don't have your regular job anymore and you're looking to start up, you know, or, or, or increase your freelance. And so, uh, I went and talked to sort of a person who was billed as a money expert And, uh, she looked, she asked me to bring my tax return because that was her, she was actually a tax preparation person. She asked me to bring my tax return. And, uh, essentially the only answer she had for me as to what to do was like, did I want to work as a tax preparer? Because I had this quiet period coming and, uh, and I, I decided I would do it. I was going to be a part-time part of the year seasonal tax preparer for I'd like a a season Mm -hmm. and then I came back for another season and then I decided maybe I could do it myself for a few friends maybe more than a few friends maybe just in the spring for a little extra money and it gradually it just it sort of grew on its own and it wildly it just grew beyond whatever I thought I was going to do freelance other than this it really it really it just it just there was a time, you know, after a fairly short time, this was sort of what people were coming to me for. Nobody wanted any of my other services. And so I just had to admit that this is where life had put me. You know, it was so interesting. I remember the very first time that I went in and um, we had a consultation Mm -hmm. and I walked into your office. This is when you were still on Spadina and um, we were in the office joking and laughing and which is not typical like I mean usually people go get their tax preparation to like H&R Block the person barely talks to you or you're doing it from some you know uh, computerized service and I remember you you saying to me you just kind of looked across the desk at me you're like do you mind if I play you a song (laughs) and you pulled a, a ukulele off your shelf yes and you literally launched into a song, and I thought to myself, this person is the best human on the planet. I am rarely more than 10 feet from a ukulele. You, I mean, it was literally the most hilarious thing I've ever had happen to me in a consultation in my whole entire life. Do you remember the song? 
I, I don't. I wish I did. I, I used to have, because I had a song list. I had like 20 songs and I had like, I had, I don't know if you remember this, but I had, I still have, I don't use it really. I have to admit much anymore, but I had a jar with a bunch of bingo chips in it with numbers on them. And I would let people just sort of randomly pick a, pick a bingo chip and that would dictate which song I was going to do. <laughs> Where did you come up with that idea? I, well, you know, there's no point in asking people like, what song would you like me to do? Cause there's a, a, you know, one chance in a million that you actually know that song. Yeah. And I, I knew that if I picked them, I would end up picking one or two of the same ones over and over again. Um, so I just thought we need to randomize this. I need to take yeah. it out of my own hands. And so I, created this great song randomizer and i would just hand the jar over people still didn't know what they were going to get it still didn't <laughs> they didn't have any real say in anything i'm like number 15 okay this one's got some swear words in it or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i would do <laughs> meanwhile it's like half of a rap from eminem yeah yeah <laughs> now we're gonna do something about a troubled childhood okay <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh see now this is exactly why you need sunny to do your tax preparation right, right. I know. Um, and things have changed considerably um at your office they have um but you know there's a lot of times people come to me and they are asking me you know who does your tax preparation and you know a lot of times i think as entrepreneurs and um, people who are in, in business for themselves, freelance or contract work or anything maybe even slightly out of the normal, it's hard to know uh, what we should be looking for. Yeah. It's hard to know, like, who do I trust with this? Because there's so many things I need to know and um, questions I have. And yeah. so I, I want just to ask you just to kind of walk us through that process a little bit, because um, I know people are getting ready to probably start filing their taxes. Some of my friends even admittedly would tell me they have not done their taxes in years. Um, so let's kind of take the fear okay, right out of it. Like, you know, and just tell us a little bit about um, what what should we be doing? Um. You know, there's there's a couple of two important things sort of intersect when it comes to picking a, a, a an accountant. Uh, one is is the whole concept of money. Um, the fact that money kind of touches all aspects of your life, and it actually touches a lot of internal aspects as well. It 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 affects you know it it has a lot to do with um, you know there are a lot of emotional issues around money. There are a lot of psychological issues about money. Uh, and then there are all the practical issues about money. So that's one aspect. And the other aspect is this concept of hiring an expert to do something for you. Um, I mean, there's many, many areas that this attaches to. It's certainly, you know, medical services or legal services and accountancy fits into this sort of family of, of bringing in an expert to do something for you. And the thing about an expert is... They have to be an agent for you. And by agent, it means that they have to be essentially an extension of you. So they have to be out there acting on your behalf, doing what you would do if you were an expert in the area they're an expert in. So you're hiring somebody to do something in an area that you don't fully understand. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, you know, they basically apologize for not knowing how to do what I do, 
you know, they apologize for not being accountants. Well, I'm like, if you knew how to be an accountant, you wouldn't need me. Mm-hmm. So there's no crime in not knowing how to do uh, something in, that's in an expert field. Um, but then because it's something that you don't personally know how to do, there has to be a strong bond of trust because you're not going to fully understand what that expert is doing on their behalf, on your behalf. So I make it a strong, it's a strong um, priority for me personally. It's a strong priority that I pass on to everybody who works for me that I really want the client to understand as well as a non-expert can understand. I want them to understand what we're doing for them. But there is always going to be an aspect of what an expert does for you that you don't understand. That's what makes them the expert. And you have to trust them. They're extending your life out into an area that you can't see and you can't assess. And you just have to trust them. So the question when you're trying to choose somebody is this question of trust. You have to trust their competence. And everybody knows that, that you're, you want to find somebody competent. But what people sometimes forget here is that you also have to trust them uh, kind of on a, on a personal level to really act on your behalf in, in every aspect that they have any, you know, any kind of influence over. Mm-hmm. So it's finding the person that you really can believe is going to act not just competently, but sort of ethically mm-hmm. in line with what you want to have happen out there. Now, we talked um, not long ago, actually, about, you know, clients that come in and, and everyone's very different when they are bringing their tax returns to you or just talking about money and people kind of come from varying degrees of um, you know, like I want to save this or I want to do that. And, and some people are like, they have no idea. Um, who who do you enjoy working with the most? Um, the most, that's a good question. I, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy working with people who trust me, that's really a big one. It lets me do what I do because I, I, I like, we, we all like doing what we're good at and I like to be let to do what I'm good at. So I like the trust. And I also like a person who's sort of interested in learning and feels capable of, of understanding things. It's almost like a, like an optimism, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I want them to be interested in what we're doing and I want them to trust me to do it well. And that always makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. I think the thing I loved the most um, when I started working with you was, you know, when I came in, I had all of these different, well, I still do, but I had all of these different streams of income <laughs> and, and I had, uh, I had no idea how to, how to navigate all of them or what to do as far as like how to, you know, keep records of anything. But I think for me, it was, I didn't know what questions to ask. I never knew like, what can I write off or what, what can I not? And I think, you know, sitting down and actually having a conversation 
where you were asking me questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, I think one of the things that you said to me, which really stood out to me is you said, if you can justify to me why you've spent that money and you think you should put it on your return, then you can justify it to the government. Right. And, and I re- remember thinking that I'm like, you're like, I'm, you're, you said to me, you're like, I'm not here to say whether or not that, you know, that's valid or legitimate. What I am here to, to do is to, you know, find areas for you um, that you might not know that you need, um, that you can claim or not claim or whatever. Um, and as I think as entrepreneurs, as business people, we don't know. Hi, beautiful. Here's your daily reminder that you are loved, you are important, and you are perfect just the way you are. The way those words just made you feel, that's what it feels like to slip into an Onda Brooks robe. Onda Brooks is a female-founded luxury robe and loungewear brand. Every unique, high-quality Canadian-made piece is designed to be a reminder that we are all made up of beautiful, unique details. For 15% off your very own Onda Brooks piece, Head to onderbrooks.ca and enter promo code COURAGECAST at checkout. That's O-N-D-E-R-B-R-O-E-K-S dot C-A. Promo code COURAGECAST. Because taxes relate to money and because taxes and money touch almost every aspect of your life, uh, I don't really believe that there's any such thing as a simple tax return. And the reason that there's no simple tax returns is because everybody's situation is different and nuanced. And in order to ask the right questions, you have to get a a really multifaceted idea of what a person's life is like uh, before you even know what to ask, you know. So uh, I'm a strong believer in, you know, when we sit down with a client for the first time, uh, the first few minutes of that meeting the tax documents stay in their, in their folders. You know, we want to talk and we want to talk to the person to find out what's important to them. You know, what, what, what they think is coming up on the horizon, um, kind of all aspects of where they're, where they're coming from and where they're going. Um, And I don't like to keep the conversation solely on taxes because a person may have already decided for example, that they're, I don't know, their decision that they're, they're going to have a child in a year, uh, they may not feel that that is related to their taxes. And so if you say, let's talk about your taxes, they won't mention that. Mm-hmm. But it is related to your taxes, right? So by, by keeping it open, by asking questions about the person's life, what they do, what their, what their home life is, what their situation is, we're going to learn really relevant things that are going to help us guide that person, uh, not just through doing their taxes at the time that they come in, but also what kind of considerations they want to bear in mind going forward in order to keep their taxes where they want them. Um, So that first conversation has to be pretty broad. You know, I really want to get to know the person. I really want to know what is happening with them because without that there there is no conversation about taxes that isn't about almost everything in your life 
Mm-hmm. And, and so like, what are some of the things, you know, that, you know, you talked about, you know, a person saying, you know, possibly having a child, like what are some of those like key, um, conversational topics that come up that kind of like point you in a direction? Oh, well, let's take that one for, for example, deciding to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, if a person has, uh, is in a relationship and, uh, they plan to move in with their partner, you know, around the time that they're, they, they're planning to get pregnant or, or, or start the process of getting pregnant or being pregnant. Um, having the child makes you, gives you a different status. Like here in the Canadian tax system, you become a common law under the law the second you have a child with somebody who shares your space. Okay. So that's a consideration that's going to affect some of your tax credits. You may not really realize what that's going to entail, but you might be keeping your paperwork differently because of that, that if you weren't having the, the child, they, that wouldn't be relevant. Um, uh, there are certain programs that sort of kick in once you have a child. You know, by the time we see you again, for example, if, you're, if you decided to get pregnant right now and, um, and it works, right? By the time we see you, you've got a baby, uh, that is not new to you anymore, right? We, we'll see, like we'll meet somebody, for example, who is pregnant, who is going to give birth two or three months after they see us. By the time we see them next year and say, what's new, they won't mention the baby mm. because in their head, it's not new. You could even have the baby. Like if you come, I'm sorry to just focus on the baby, but they yeah, are no, a big no. one. So let's say that we see you in, you know, March to do your taxes for the calendar year that just ended, all right? And let's say you just had the baby, you had it. Um, That has no effect on last year's taxes. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing that gets recorded about this child. When we see you next year and we say, what's new? You don't mention the child because we already met the child, but actually that's affecting the year that we are going to be doing next year. And it's new to that tax return. So that's why one of the reasons, especially about kids, that we ask upfront because we have to make a bunch of notes about what we're going to have to do next year that we're going to have to have ready for us. Okay. So that kind of thing. Um, other things is like we might find out um, that a person is maybe doing a, a job for an employer, so they're a salaried person, but they're thinking about maybe doing it freelance maybe maybe quitting that job and moving on to freelance or their their employers thinking about switching it to a consultation you know they want this person to be a consultant rather than an employee so we might start to d- direct them to keep track of things differently or establish different different aspects you know to to set up their potential new life as a as a freelancer um they might be talking about potentially going um you know they might be thinking about visiting uh, another country where they're considering settling down. They may have a partner or a, a potential love interest who's living somewhere else that might be influencing where they're going to be living this time next year. See, like they won't say that's about their taxes, but we will say, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that's answering the question. you were Yeah, asking. no, it is. Cause I think it makes it, you know, people don't really think about that until, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, I, I didn't know that, you know, I needed to, to tell you that because it does influence 
what what you are claiming and what you aren't and the different questions that you might ask, you know. And taxes are one of those areas very where, where the idea of knowledge is power is very strong in that mm. you can, by not knowing something, uh, do something that's going to cost you a lot of money. Right. You know, which and, and to do the right thing or do the thing that's more advantageous to you would have taken 30 seconds. You just had to know. So if you tell us up front, you know, we can, we can warn you of that pitfall. And it's, it's often a pitfall that's not that hard to avoid, but very difficult or impossible to fix. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, when someone's starting out, especially as a freelance person, a lot of the times they're not um, making the money that you know, they were when they were employed by, you know, by someone. And so oftentimes I think, um, and this is what I hear from, you know, friends of mine and, you know, what I felt personally when I starting out about not you know, thinking, well, you know, I'm not even going to do my taxes then. Yeah. What do you say to that? Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's a mistake. <laughs> Tell us why. <laughs> um, now, I, again, I, I have to emphasize, cause I know that you have, uh, listeners all around the world and I am a Canadian tax preparer. Mm-hmm. So I have to specify that that these are things about the Canadian system. Uh, they don't necessarily uh, apply to every country, but I do find that most countries have very similar concepts operating. So the concept here is um, there is a penalty for filing paperwork late, mm-hmm. and there is interest to pay if you pay late. And these two things are completely separate. Paying late and filing late are completely separate actions. And filing late has a much higher cost than paying late. Hmm. Okay. And I I always attribute this to the fact that um, taxes are, you know, run by bureaucrats, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. It is actually a good thing. Um, and that means that, and bureaucrats, if there's one thing they love, it's paper. <laughs> and if it's, there's one thing they hate, it's the absence of paper because then they don't know anything. They don't know what to do because they don't know the situation because there's no paper. And that void, <laughs> that Nietzschean void of no paper makes them very much more upset than knowing for a fact that you owe some tax, but you haven't paid it yet. They know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll wait for a second and see if you're going to you know, make, that, make that good before we call. Okay, that took a while. Maybe we'll give you a call. Okay, the call didn't, didn't really settle anything. Maybe we'll come up with a proposal. There's a bunch of steps they can take once they have the paper. When they don't have the paper, they can't do anything, which may sound like a good thing, but it's a bad thing. Yeah, Because ultimately you will give them the paper and there will be kind of heck to pay because you didn't give it to them on time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I recognize that, that uh, a switch to freelancing from a job um, is, is it's stressful in so many ways. And the, the lack of money, which is typical uh, is certainly one of those sources of stress, but um if you want to make your life worse, 
deny paperwork to a bureaucrat. Mm. You know, that is a great way to make bureaucrats very unhappy. So basically what you're saying is, 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 you know, burying your head in the sand because you, you don't really want to face it is, is just really actually going to make things worse in the long run. I mean, it's true of everything. Yeah. That's true. And we all kind of as adults kind of understand that that is always true, mm-hmm. but there are, but, but, you know, there are concrete ways in which that is true when it comes to income taxes and anything relating to paperwork, you know, that really will come back to bite you in a very distinct, painful way. Can you like, like what, in what way? Like you're painting this really scary picture. Like again, possibly happen. Well, um, again, I'm speaking from a Canadian tax professional's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, we got a phone call from, uh, a person, uh, uh, I guess it was probably last year. Um, and she was a low earning freelancer. She was, um, in the arts and she hadn't earned a lot of money and she also hadn't filed a tax return in 10 years, which, oh, wow. yeah, which is not good, but yeah. you know, we do this. We, it, nothing, nothing throws us. Okay. 10 years. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that our tax agency had been after these returns. So they noticed that she hadn't filed and they had asked her to file and she had not responded. And in due course, what our tax system will do if you don't respond is they'll just make something up for you because they hate the absence of paper, which they had done. Mm-hmm. And then they start asking for money. And then if you don't respond to that, they do the thing that had made her finally call us after a decade of not filing, which is that they garnished her wages Oh wow! Okay. to get her attention because she wasn't responding. So they garnished her wages, which I I have to remind people, people sort of focus on, oh gosh, I'm not going to get, you know, all the money that I earn. Yeah. And think about the process, which is that they call your employer and tell them Mm -hmm. this person has not, is in trouble with us and you will give us her money before you give it to her. It's, it's mortifying, which is sort of minor, but it's there. Right. And thirdly, there is the level to which they had garnished her in order to get her attention. They were garnishing her 100% of her income. Oh, wow. Every job she went to in her industry mm-hmm. would get notified by the Canada Revenue Agency that she was being garnished and they would divert 100% of her earnings to them. Wow. Just because she had not filed. Because she hadn't filed. So we, um, you know, we did a quote for her. We, we, you know, had to add it all up and we applied some discounts to give her a break and, you know, to make up for the fact that we were doing so much work for her. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, here's the price. Do you want to go forward? And then we were met with silence, which, okay, you know, a person who hasn't filed in 10 years and then sees this potential large fee is not probably going to jump at that, but we didn't hear from her for a couple of months. And then she finally came back to us and it turns out it wasn't our fee that threw her. She mm-hmm. said, I'm sorry, I was out of touch. Uh, I got evicted. Mm. So she's got been evicted 
and she cannot earn any money legally. Hmm. I realized that she had not wanted to file her taxes, and I realized that it would have been quite a struggle to pay her taxes, maybe. Yeah. But I would, I would uh, pause it here that having no way to make money and nowhere to live was worse. Yeah, that's uh, not, a, not a good situation. No, <laughs> no. And, and that's the kind of thing that can actually happen. And the thing is that we have lots of clients who earn similar amounts to what she was earning and mm-hmm. struggle. They, 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 they come in and they have their taxes done and they do pay it and it's not easy, but they do it. Yeah. And I promise that if you add up 10 years of that trouble, it, it adds up to far less than the trouble she was in when she called us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's interesting because it, we're kind of, we're veering off here a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to go there because I think it's important. I think anybody listening to this right now, that's possibly even facing something, whether not even, you know, as, as tough or painful as, as this would be, but even just kind of the fear of the unknown, the fear of like, what am I, what am I going to owe? Like Mm -hmm. the possibility that this is, this could be bad. I think that's, that's, that's the hardest part, right? Is, is the unknown versus going in and saying, okay, like, let's just get a, let's get a read on this and say, you know, where are we at here? Right. and I think that's the, the, the thing like, you know, um, I know in my, for myself and also for other people that I've worked with, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, I don't want to do it because I don't know. But then when you do know, when you finally do have that knowledge, it is power. It is. And even if it's a, even if it's not what you want to hear. That is, I mean, that is really an excellent point. That is an excellent point. I have been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I have met a lot of people who have uh, come to me afraid of what they're going to find, but they're up against the wall and they just have to find out. Yeah. And every single time, the first thing they say after they get their number is, you know, it's better to know. Yeah. They all say that. They don't, sometimes it's higher than they think. Sometimes it's lower than they think frequently it's a it's a difficult number you know there people know when people are hiding they know they they are hiding for a reason they they don't yeah. they're not misled on that they are right but the mm-hmm. fact remains that you can't fight a monster you can't see yeah you know the knowing its dimensions is the first step to figuring out well what are you going to do about it because you can't even begin to plan to do until you know what you're fighting. Mm -hmm. You live in this terrible limbo of Mm -hmm. not, not being able to act and not being able to decide how to act because you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I love this, Sunny. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. No, I really do. And um, for those of you who are listening to the, to the episode, I'm also going to link in the show notes. Um, Two, two different links. I'm going to link to um, one of my favorite people, Octavia Ramirez, who is a financial um, coach, and also to um, Vanessa Bowen, who is a, an abundance and money um, coach. And 
um, for all of you who are, you know, wondering like, how do I overcome some of these money mindset issues? Because you might be thinking, I need to do this as well as possibly look at how do I, you know, um, keep records and how do I do all these things? And I think as women, this is the hardest place for us because for so long we were kept in the dark about what we should be doing. I know so many women, Sunny, in their 50s who are married who have never one time even done their bank, their banking. Um, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because this is, can we talk a little bit about women and men here? Yeah, no, please For a do. moment. Um, uh, I have a lot of, there's something about the way that women experience men experiencing the, the world. And one of them is that, um, men feel comfortable telling themselves that they're competent mm -hmm. and women sometimes don't. I, I see it in myself. I see it in my female relatives and friends. If, if a man gives off this sort of aura that I know how to do this, it comes naturally to me. And you're thinking to yourself, well, it doesn't come naturally to me. So he must really know what he's doing. And there must be some kind of special magic around this that is difficult for me and I'm just going to leave him to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's such a mistake because it's, it's, yeah. all, it's never true. It's just a difference in, in the way that people pre present themselves and there maybe, maybe it's a difference in self-talk. I don't know, but um, there's this idea that there, there's, there are realms that only men can understand that we tell ourselves all the time. I really don't know why. I mean, I'm not bashing men here at all. I think it's actually a misunderstanding, mm -hmm. uh, a misread on, on probably both sides. I, I don't really know, but like the number of clients I'll, I'll have here and I'll, I'll have to say, you know, they'll, they'll tell me what they think might be true. And it almost always turns out to be their dad. Like if they, <laughs> let me back up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be doing my job and somebody will come back and fight with me. You know, they'll argue yeah. with me, which, I mean, I don't really have a problem with being argued with, but I mean, why, again, if you don't think I know my job, you shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out that the argument is always starting from their dad. They're an older man who used to take care of this for them and now does not want to hand off the expert work to somebody else is having trouble letting go of that. And the person between me and that dad is in conflict, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I think I've gone off, off track here. No, no. Cause I think, you know, I think that is so true. There's, there are going to be people who are listening to this that have their whole money perception. And the reason I can say this is because I've been there. So I'm not like, you know, alluding to this is not me. Mm -hmm. um, but, but a lot of the time what has happened is we have built our whole narrative around what we learned as kids, um, what we knew. So if, you know, we married young, people married young, then they, you know, they're from, went from their father to their husband and who knows whether or not they learned right. how to manage anything. Maybe they were bringing in money, but they still don't know where the money went. 
And I feel like that problem, like, like the fact that they don't know is a much smaller problem. The bigger problem is they believe they can't. Yes. And this is maddening to me. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a rule in my office. Nobody is allowed to call anybody stupid. And that includes calling yourself stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I've had so many clients come to me and say, oh, I'm just so stupid about this stuff. And I'm, I put my pen down and I say, okay, stop right there. Yeah. We don't talk that way here. And it's mm-hmm. not true. I mean, and it's just not true. I have actually never met anybody that I really believed was incapable of understanding the basics of money. Mm -hmm. They're all capable. They just have this crazy story, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And that story stands in the way of them taking back that power. And it's, it's, it's tragic. Because it's yeah. it's the it's a wasted human power, you know. You you have this ability to be so many things, and you relinquish one of them to this this limiting belief, mm-hmm. and that makes me very sad. So let's take our power back. Yes. So you know now that these you know people are listening and they're like probably probably like okay, I need a moment <laughs> to like. You know, and I get it. I get if you need a moment because it's not always easy. Take a moment, but like, let's actually give you back your power here. Let's let's um, educate and and help these women and men, for that matter. Yeah. Um, who who just need to be able to go? Okay, what do I need to do? What's my next step? Like you talk about record keeping. You talk about you know some of the practical steps. What are some of the things that we can actually do? moving forward um you know keeping records is a really is a really good one um when it comes to um managing your your finances in in any field but particularly if you if you are sort of a self-employed kind of person because uh you could if you kept the records you at least have something to work with Mm -hmm. you know and i always say in terms of record keeping you know the best system uh, it's it's like choosing your fitness plan. You know, you have to pick the one that you can consistently do. Um, I find sometimes, especially with people who have sort of negative self-talk about their ability to manage their own money, there is a tendency to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when really what you just need is something simple and consistent. So if you really hate putting things in columns, you know, you really, if you're, there are, there are people who love spreadsheets and people who don't love spreadsheets. And if you're not sure, then you don't love spreadsheets (laughs) because those of us who love spreadsheets, we know we love spreadsheets. Right. Um, And we are in the minority. It's, it's like a bizarre kink loving a spreadsheet, but yeah. So if you don't, you're going to just try to find a system that you can consistently put things away. So uh, uh, sometimes that's just a shoebox. You know, you can have sort of a, you can have an area where you're just keeping stuff to be mm-hmm. sorted later. It, it's perfectly fine to, to sort of do all your sorting at the end of the year. I have lots of clients who do it. Frankly, uh, you know, until, until fairly recently, I did that myself. I just, socked it all away. And then when it was time, I'd set some time aside, close the door, 
you got to close the door because you have to keep the cats off your receipts yeah. <laughs> because their receipts are crinkly and cats just love them. So you might actually have to close the door. Um, but there's nothing wrong with throwing everything into a box, you know, or just going through your, going through your, your pockets and bags and wallets and finding the things that are, that you're going to, uh, keep for your taxes and put them in the box and throw the rest away. And that'll take you like two minutes and just do that. Can you keep mm -hmm. that up for a year? Yes. Then that's your system. If you are a lover of spreadsheets, then maybe you're going to sort those, you know, weekly, you're going to give yourself a treat of entering them into your spreadsheet and mm -hmm. tracking it on a weekly basis. If you love that, then do it. If you don't love that, but you think you should, forget it. Of course you shouldn't. Like, yeah, with money, consistency is the key. Do yeah. something you can consistently keep up. When deciding whether a measure is right for you, don't measure it by, uh, is, this, is this me being the best I can be, doing the best I could possibly do? No, 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 no. Pick something that, is this something that in my worst moment I could probably keep doing? There you go. That's your action. Mm -hmm. What could you do? when you've got a cold and people are annoying to you and you just spent, you know, three hours on hold with tech support and they did not solve your problem. What could you still do? That's your system. Everything else is yeah. just an add on. I love that. I think that is the reason why I connected with you, um, when, you, when I did the workshop and it's funny cause I, I'm kind of a hybrid of that mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, I find that, I do like at the end of the year, or I guess the end of the year, whenever I'm preparing, um, I take everything out of my shoebox and I, I enter it in and I like to look mm -hmm. at it then. Yeah. But doing it month by month is like the worst for me. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Right. Like, um, and there's nothing and, wrong with that. That's the thing yeah. I want to get across here. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with coming up with a system that fits you. It's still your life. Absolutely. And I do want to know, and I think the thing for me, which is, has been so helpful is, is kind of, you know, going through the process, even it's, it's funny, as soon as I go into the process of, you know, preparing, um, I always find like, oh, it's not as bad. It's not, like, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, you know, um, and I also think to myself, I'm like, oh, I need to remember to keep receipts for a photo shoot that I did. Or, you know, like, and, and things, you know, that I would never necessarily remember to keep a receipt for. Right. Um, I think that is, has been like probably uh, the most beneficial thing for me is, you know, questions like, well, did you go here? What did you do? Did you buy a new outfit? You know, like right. um, things like little things that I just didn't realize. Or, you know, for me, you know, we talked about, you know, keeping uh, records with uh, mileage. And I'm like, I don't want to write down my mileage, you know, like, so you have a system where you showed me what to do with that as well. Like, so there's all sorts of like interesting little things that we can implement if we want to implement them. Right. And I think that um, having something that works, that you don't feel so, um, you know, really like literally put into a box, um, <laughs> you know, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, money, money is everything and everywhere. Not yeah. everything, everything, but it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And 
And you have to find, you have to find a way to deal with it that is uniquely, it's just for you. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. your way of doing things. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's not your dad's way of doing things. Yeah, no. It's your way of doing things. There is no score at the end of this. If you do it poorly, you know, there will be consequences and then you'll just deal with them because that's what it's like. And maybe you'll change your system or whatever. But beyond the consequences, there's no judgment here. And, and that's another thing I, I wanted to just touch on lightly is that, you know, I think that people sometimes put off, you know, getting their taxes done, like if they're, if they are worried about the outcome mm -hmm. and part of the worry is the money. And part of the worry is that the accountant is going to look at them with, with some kind of judgment, you know? Yes. I often say that being, being a tax preparer is to accountancy what the dentist is to health, right? <laughs> you, you, you know, you should do it on the regular, you know, you know, prevention is worth it. And yet you're kind of in there ready to apologize for your flossing. Yeah. And the dentist, I, I can say this by, by analogy, I'm pretty sure that the mm -hmm. dentist feels the way I feel about this, which is this. Thank you for coming in. I can't wait to get you on track. Yeah. Let's dig in there and fix this. Mm -hmm. Let's let's take this chaos and turn it into order. Let's, you know, take things that are out of place and put them into place. Let's just do it. I don't mm -hmm. I don't bother with judgment. Who's got the time? No. And I think that, that most most accountants feel the same way. They just want to fix it. Yeah. And I know and I I know for myself I appreciate that. And, and it's funny as a coach, you know, I'll have, you know, clients reach out to me and say, I'm sorry, I didn't reach out sooner. I just, you know, I hadn't done the things that you told me to do. And I was just, you know, didn't want to disappoint you. And I'm like, you're not disappointing me. Like, <laughs> you know, it has no bearing on me. I'm like, you know, you may be disappointed, but you're not disappointing me. Right. And I think that's the thing as a coach, I know that, but as a person on the other side, as a client, sometimes it's hard for us to, to get that into our own minds is, is realizing, you know, when we are hiring, like going back to full circle, what you talked about at the, what you talked about at the beginning, which was hiring an expert, you're hiring them because they are hopefully someone who's non-judgmental. And someone who is is helping you to actually move what you need, move the needle forward and, and turn your chaos into order, which right. is exactly what I think we need. And I think as women, so empowering to actually get us in a, in a place where, you know, we know not only do now we know what to do with our finances, but we can find a way to kind of see it and move it even forward even further ahead each year. And I think that uh, another thing to, to, to say in terms of coming back to, you know, how to pick an expert to work with you and an accountant, a lawyer, whatever, mm -hmm. um, they should make you feel capable and powerful. Yeah. Right. If, if this person makes you feel judged or naughty or, you know, dumb, drop mm -hmm. them. Yeah. You don't work for them. They work for you. Fire them fire them if mm. they make you feel anything less than able you know such good advice such good advice fire your doctor fire your lawyer fire your accountant any of them who make you feel 
less able to do things than you felt when you walked in. That's right. That, you know what, like that to me, like I, I can't, I can't, that's a, like the best way to end this. And that's so true. No matter what you are going through, what you're facing, mind, body, spirit, if the person you are going to is not advocating for you, yeah, then walk away. Yep. <laughs> yep. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. There are many people, many experts in the field in, in anywhere you're looking, whether it's for your health, whether it's for your finances, whether it's for, um, you know, buying a, a home. It doesn't really matter that it's going to be someone who is going to advocate for you and they're not going to um, make you feel like you don't know what you're doing. So um, that's great advice, Sunny. I did want to make one more point. I know that we're closing up, but I, I think that uh, you can put this in or take it out. Uh, and that is that, you know, when you're when you're working with an expert, there's this idea that they rank above you because they know something you don't know. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, you're the boss. And they work for you, not, you know, even though they know something you don't know. So I think it goes back to, you know, we tend to look at experts almost like a parental figure. Yeah, The parental figure knows more. And by virtue of that is sort of in charge, but that is not true when you're an adult, when you're an adult and you're hiring an expert, they know more and they are not uh, at a higher rank than you. They know more and they are your employee. Mm -hmm. So don't get mixed up. You don't have to, you can respect somebody's expertise and still think that they're wrong. You can respect somebody's expertise and still think that you don't want to work with them. And, you know, and that's just the way it goes. I, I guess that's the thing. I think people confuse expertise with authority over them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Right. I have no authority over my clients. Mm-hmm. I have expertise, but I don't have authority. So assert your authority and fire that person. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, where can people actually find you? Like, how can they um, get a hold of you uh, if they want, you know, tax preparation this year or they're just looking to kind of find out more information? Uh, The best place to start is to visit my website at uh, personaltaxadvisors.ca. You can see some of my blog posts. I try to post about things that seem to affect our clients. Uh, I also have a newsletter. You can sign up for that to get information, you know, as as um, interesting tax tips or useful tax tips come up. I do send those out to my uh, mailing list as well. If you want to book an appointment to get your taxes done, there's a contact form. We do have to talk to you first or like email with you first to determine what kind of appointment you need. And that's why uh, you really can't book fully on the website. We, we would do it, but we find that people don't actually know what they need and we need to ask some questions to figure that out. Um, and the other thing is that if you have uh, a question about your taxes, Um, This is basically for Canadian taxes. So if you have a question about your taxes, um, uh, you can book an appointment to just talk to me. And I I just do consultations free of charge just to to, uh, discuss things with people because there's a lot of a lot of a lot of times people will ask us a question and I realize I need a lot more information before I can give you um, before I can give you advice that's actually useful. And when I do do a consultation, it's a really, um, it's a 
key thing for me that I do not sell my services when I'm doing a consultation. If you want to know what I can do for you, uh, what it would cost, I'm happy to do that. But if you come to me with a tax question, I'm never going to push you to have me do it for you unless I honestly feel like this is not, this is touchy. It's not good but i don't i don't use this as an opportunity to give you my pitch i do not pitch on the phone so just call just call if you have a question just call we'll set you up you'll be able to book an appointment to talk to me and then we can discuss it and it's it's confidential and there's no there's no real risk to you or or anything because i just i i really feel strongly that i want people to understand their options. I, I don't like it when people are hurt by a lack of knowledge. Yeah. So I'm here for that. Thank you, Sunny, so much. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. And, and I, you know, I just honestly, I just want to say how much I appreciate you, not only just for, for being a guest, but just for who you are. Like you have, um, I think that's why I have resonated so much with you over the past few years is just you're an incredible human being and <laughs> thank you I love what you do um, how you support people and how you champion them and um, in the ways that you do you are definitely a person who I will always always <laughs> be supporting and and also recommending so thanks for being a guest on the Courage Cast thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed it I am super proud of you for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. Either you're on top of your finances, or maybe you need a little guidance. And if you do, please reach out to one of the great coaches that I referred to earlier and make your appointment now to get your taxes done. Isn't Sunny great? I told you she was pretty amazing. Who doesn't want someone who is going to play you a song on the ukulele when you come in to get your taxes done? I mean, seriously. If there is one thought that I'd like to leave with you today. That would be that there is no judgment for where you are financially. Let's just take that stigma away right now. Everyone, I mean everyone, has to start somewhere. Living bravely means taking steps towards getting your life in order in every single way. I personally believe you were put on this earth for a purpose and a reason. And part of living your life intentionally means that you have to take responsibility for what happens in your world. You are the queen of your own domain and you'll rise to the level that you're willing to aim for. And I will be cheering you on every step of the way. A huge shout out to Sunny for being here today and for being such a light to me personally as well. All of her information is available in the show notes over at thecouragecast.com. Make sure to connect with me as well on the gram at at the.couragecast and join me live each morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a little coffee, encouragement, and we're going to be chatting about how you can live more abundantly. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.